was Rulon all red, a true prophet of God? Was he sent by God to the polygamous people? More on Rulon all red next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? We are continuing this time with more from polygamous leader of the AUB polygamy group, Rulon C. Allred. His teachings and preachings have been published in a book entitled Treasures of Knowledge, Selected Discourses and Excerpts from Talks by Rulon C. Allred. Now, members of the Allred polygamy group embrace his teachings. He was the AUB's initial prophet leader when the Allred group first became official and, of course, is named after him. We'll discover that most of what he taught disagrees with the Bible, so it cannot be knowledge or treasures. <laughs> Fundamental Mormons don't believe the Bible can be trusted, but they do believe their prophets can be trusted, and they are the latter-day holders of truth. We'd like to welcome again our co-host, Karen Bradshaw, with us again to share, because she <laughs> was raised under these teachings, and she what did you say? You loved him? You worshipped him? You loved to hear him talk? Yes, yeah, we loved Rulon. Rulon was the leader of, he was the prophet of God. Mm -hmm. He was. We were building Zion. It was a utopia. We'll be talking about that, too, <laughs> some, a little bit later here. Of course, Karen was part of the group, born and raised in it, married in the polygamous marriage in the All Red yes. Group. Of course, we, we talked about her, her story a little earlier. Now, <clears throat> I think it's interesting, Karen, that as you and I have talked and compared doctrine, I was raised in the Kingston Group and you in the yeah. All Red Group. And yet we get together and start talking about doctrines. Some are different, but most are pretty much the same. But yeah. it doesn't it seem like they, they just made up things on the fly. Yeah, like some, A lot of times. Like they just made I, something up because they didn't know what else to say. Yeah, I think a lot of times, and I think also they get it from the journals, too. Yeah. But some things you just go, where did they come up with this? Yeah, where did they come from? There's there's no place that they could have, no basis for a foundation for what they say on certain things. So, um, And when you started your own personal Bible studies and you discovered so much error in their indoctrination, and that's what it is, is indoctrin <coughs> indoctrination. What was your reaction when you compared the truth with what they had said? I was on cloud nine. I, I, I wanted to dance and sing and tell everyone the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth that I didn't, we didn't have to live uh, the, the lies anymore. We didn't have to live in that uh, control and the fear. The fear the is fear. how they, and mm -hmm. the guilt and shame and all that stuff they control us with. The bondage. And I just, <coughs> at first I didn't believe I didn't understand, and it took me a long time. Your Bible study really helped me mm -hmm. um, that I did for like a year. But once you talked about the Bible being infallible, the infallible Word of God, and then I realized I could trust it, and then I started to be transformed by it because mm -hmm. it's living water. And once you know you can trust it, then it's just wide open for it to get in there and just plunge in oh, with all force. And then I just couldn't put it down. <laughs> right, right. And the truth isn't hurtful. It, oh, it, it, no. It's beautiful. It glorifies God. It doesn't glorify men or, or polygamy or right. any it, doctrine. It's, it makes it's you want to dance awesome. and sing and you're renewed and you're healed mm -hmm. from all of the hurts and the pain and 
of the past. And you, like you said, we want to share it. And that's what we're doing, is sharing, comparing yeah. what they taught with what the Bible actually teaches. So we have a quote from page 120 of his book of sermons. <clears throat> All right. So, and this is interesting because I kind of, when I, I read this quote, I, Barlow um, was his father-in-law. He took his daughter, Ruth, as a wife. And so I I was shocked to read this. I'm like, oh no. my gosh, this is why he probably sent him to Mexico. Mexico. Okay. So he says, Brother Barlow, who was his father-in-law, um, called me and said, I want you to go down to Mexico and find a place of refuge for those of us who have young wives and have, have them secreted. And she was only 15 when Rulin married her. So she old. was a young wife. Okay. Yeah, and we won't be breaking the law of the land by taking care of them. I sold my home and everything I had, and I cleared about $20,000. I stayed down there until it was all gone, and then I was told to come home. I'll admit I complained a little bit, but that experience did me for more good for me than harm, only because God, in His infinite mercy, taught me that the $20,000 I lost wasn't so bad. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> So they fled the United States to Mexico to hide their illegal activities with in young brides. Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, and that wasn't just him, although he did have. Others also had young brides. Yeah. And, and the, but they wanted to flee from the authorities to hide their young brides so they could keep the law by taking care of them. <laughs> now, how much sense does that make? It was against the law to have those young brides. It was against the law to live polygamy. But they wanted to live the law by taking care of them. Well, the only way they took care of them is making them have huge families. You know, yeah. so many illegal activities by Mormon fundamentalists. And if you did, didn't know it uh, in case, polygamy is illegal in Mexico, too. Right. It always has been. But Mexico, yeah. just like the United States, of course, doesn't do anything about it. So they have a double standard. They have hypocritical teachings. Keep the law by by taking your kids to Mexico, your kid brides, child brides mm -hmm. to Mexico, claiming to take care of them uh, by maintaining legal support of them. But they lived in poverty down I mean, there. They horrible, did. It was horrible. awful. Their stories are heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and besides that, they forced their wives into that poverty. So how mm -hmm. is that being godly? I would sure like to know. Here's another portion of his sermon. What we do is our business, and I want it to be that way. I want you to know that our primary concern is, to, is the salvation of the souls of men. We are establishing in Montana a united order, which I lived in. Um, it has been pushing forward so that we can lay the groundwork for a place where God can come. Because he says that unless the celestial laws are lived, he will not establish Zion again. We are going to establish united orders in this part of the country. We will definitely do it, and they are going to flourish. We are not going to have one or two, but we are going to have we are going to have many and we are going to be to become if we remain humble a sweet and a pure and a wealthy people so and their goal is sex power that, and money right and i want to say from the time i was 8 years old i worked in the pinesdale united order 8 years old to pinesdale um, montana yeah on a dairy farm and i figured it up after I read this quote, I worked for about, it was 35 to 40 hours a week, free labor. 
Mm-hmm. They've so always, all like the full-time groups have always worked in child labor, always. And that's one way, that, one reason that they're so lucrative. They don't have to pay, they don't have to pay payroll taxes that way, employment taxes, and they don't have to pay the labor practices. Yeah, my mother had a 10 kid or nine children when she went up there. So we were Free all, labor, nine kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as he said, we're going to be a, a humble, sweet, and pure, and wealthy people. Now, they have polygamous communities all through the Intermountain West, and they're still in Mexico. Yes. Okay? So mm-hmm. they, they call themselves God's Zion. Now, notice what he said in that quote, that they're going to establish Zion. Mm-hmm. And they're going to help God establish Zion, despite the promise that God made to ancient Israel that Zion was Jerusalem and Zion would not be moved. <laughs> now, our viewers mm-hmm. need to know that Mormon polygamy groups, not just the all group, have communal roots throughout the western quarter of the United States, north into Canada, south down into Mexico. They are secretive and abusive to women and children, and every place they live, polygamy is illegal. Is that really Zion? Is that what Zion is all about? Yeah, and there's a lot of families that, you know, they say they they do the best they can, but how can you love each wife equally and take care of them right? And it's impossible. They they cannot take care of their kids. It brings out the worst in people. It does. It absolutely does. And we've talked about that, too, in in previous programs. And the polygamists love their articles of faith, their creed, which it is, which Mm -hmm. states that they believe they should obey the laws of the land. Mm -hmm. So how does all that we've just already covered, how does that fit in with obeying the laws of the land? It doesn't. Now, further Mm -hmm. down in the same sermon... Allred says this. I know a lot of people who are living plural marriage who are not living celestial marriage. I want to drive that home. Plural marriage is one thing, and there are a lot of people living it, but celestial marriage is another, and there are not very many people living that. It has rules and conditions which are far outstanding or repudiate. Sorry, or repudiate or go against those principles that are practiced in monogamy as the heaven is above the earth. And when we live that law, God expects us to become a more holy and more pure than we have been before. There are those of us who constantly believe that we are ready to live the United Order, who are a million miles from it in our feelings. The United Order is a principle of the gospel that sanctifies us from greediness. <laughs> now, this is where I, I really had to shake my head. He says the United Order is a principle of the gospel that sanctifies from greediness. We just read in his previous statement that they were going to become a wealthy people. <laughs> the leaders are. <laughs> and that, the leaders did, yeah, didn't they? Not the people. And, and that they were going to establish all these communities throughout the Intermountain West, which they did. And, and, and now he turns around and says it, it keeps them from being greedy. <laughs> we yeah. know from their history that they use child labor, just like we've talked, forced tithing, illegal financial techniques to acquire their wealth. Does it sound much like sanctified greediness? From gre- sanctified from greediness, uh, <laughs> the way it all worked out in the end. No, the United Order is a pyramid scheme. 
that actually it is. Leaders take from the membership, leaving m many of the members in poverty while their families live, as they say, high on the hog. And we've heard, we, we've heard that from the FLDS, from the All Red Group, from the Kingston Group, and from other polygamists. Now, when we compare the Bible with that last quote, none of what he said comes from God's wisdom, from God's revelation. The United right. Order is not a principle of God's gospel. There's no law of plural marriage or celestial marriage. There's no right way to live a forbidden practice, which is what polygamy is. The laws of the land prohibit polygamy, and so does the Bible. We're going to quote again from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. <laughs> but because of the temptations to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So obviously, marriage relationships that include more than one wife or husband is sexual immorality. Right. He's confining it to one man and one woman. And we're trying to drive that home. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, polygamists <laughs> have erroneously applied verses that prohibit deacons and leaders and, and elders of God's true church to have more than wife. And, and we have a quote here from First Timothy about that. First uh, Timothy three two a bishop then must be blameless the husband of one wife vigilant sober and a, a of good behavior and First um, Tim, Timothy three twelve says let the deacons be the husband of one wife ruling their children and their own house well and then there's also another verse like that in Titus one verse six now polygamous claims this means that they must have at least one wife right. But that's not what it says. You can't read between the lines when you're studying the Bible. They like that's twisting. not what it says. <laughs> they like twisting it. Nor can it be correctly interpreted that way according to the grammar and the language of the Greek dictionary, which is what the New Testament is written in Greek. Besides, they don't believe they can trust the Bible in good conscience. They should not appeal to it anyway to justify their polygamy. Right. And... The polygamist appeal to a high and holy principle called celestial marriage. I'll read mention that. But there's no biblical evidence that such a law of the celestial marriage ever existed in all of God's dealings with human history. God has given guidelines for marriage practices found in Leviticus chapter 18 and also chapter 20. And we're going to do a show on that sometime, combing through every verse of those two chapters. But polygamists totally ignore those restrictions. Now, um, and, and doing this is what we're doing, is hoping that the hearts of Mormon fundamentalists will be touched to study God's word and find out the truth, find the freedom in Jesus rather than the bondage of polygamy. Okay, we have more from uh, All Red's Quotes. We cannot be made perfect without our parents, and they cannot be made perfect without us because you cannot have a binding link of priesthood and lineage back to Christ. Now, they're talking about the sealing ordinances where you have to be sealed to one another right. and sealed to your parents and sealed to your cousins and sealed to your husbands and so on and so forth in order for God to know who everybody is <laughs> so, that, yeah. so, that, so that you can have a dynasty or a dynastic period in heaven, I a guess. A binding link. But it's <laughs> ridiculous. God knows who, who are his. The, the Bible's clear. God knows those who are his. You don't have to have sealing ceremonies, and you won't find sealing ceremonies in the Bible either. But 
you don't have to have the parent be sealed to your parents to have a binding link it, uh, back to whatever it is that God needs. Uh, scripture repeatedly tells us that no one can be perfect. We need our parents to be born, but not to be perfect. Jesus can declare us perfect, but he was the only perfect person. Right. And all read is bring, bringing priesthood into the idea that priesthood power does impossible things. Well, as we pointed out before, Jesus is our only high priest. No polygamy group or religion can steal or usurp his true priesthood. They claim they have it, but they really don't. Just read your Bible, especially Hebrews, yeah. and you'll learn the truth okay. of that statement. People say, but what about the miracles our priesthood has accomplished? Jesus answered like this from Matthew 24. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead many astray, or so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Now, great signs and wonders can be performed by false prophets and certainly by a false priesthood. And there's some false miracles that have been done in Mormon's priesthood. But it's mm -hmm. not by God. You can always tell whether it's by God or not who gets the glory. And they give the priesthood the glory all the time. They give yeah. the man, the person, the glory rather than God. Now, Satan has miraculous powers. Nothing, of course, compared to God's omnipotence. But Satan can and does do supernatural stuff. He does it to deceive, and he has deceived right. those in Mormonism. Jesus warned us in advance. You don't need Mormonism's priesthood. All you need is the biblical Jesus and a heart to believe that he taught what he taught rather than what your religious leaders say. Our next quote from his sermons. So President Joseph F. Smith said, and he had a family of 55 children that he'd rather bury any of his sons or daughters than to have them marry outside of the church. He felt that strongly about it. I feel the same way about it. Well, that made my heart sink oh, that he felt the same way about it. And one of the men in our church got up after his son had been in an accident. He said the same thing. Mm -hmm. He said, I'd rather him die than ever leave the, the work. Than leave, leave the, the work. work. Yeah. Um, and he's the leader of the polygamy. The leader of the Mormon church said the same thing. I was taught that all my life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it's unthinkable that a parent could say that about oh, their own children. No wonder Utah has the highest rate of suicide in yeah. this nation. The, the, when, when I heard it being said, of course, it made me feel unwanted, um, of no value, because uh, yeah. unless I, of course, was one of their robots, and of course, it made me feel unloved. I wasn't the only one that made you feel that way. What, what value are you if you make a mistake? Um, that's yeah. wrong. God wants us to have life, and then he offers forgiveness. Forgiveness. Because yeah. we all make mistakes. <laughs> okay, next quote. So, I do want to speak to you tonight for a few minutes upon some, some of our responsibilities and duties. I want to speak as a servant of God in telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Our duties as saints are to assist our Heavenly Father in establishing Zion. Zion, according to the Doctrine and Covenants, is the pure in heart. And in order to establish Zion, we have to become pure in heart. The only way we can do that is to follow the words of God as exemplified in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and keep His commandments. 
If you and I are doing that, we will help our Heavenly Father in establishing His work and His Zion. Now, we've discussed this before, and their misuse of the word and location of Zion. And, and polygamists mm-hmm. believe they are Zion. The LDS Church believes they're Zion. Uh, so right. briefly, we're going to put the Bible right smack in the middle of their claims. So a quote yes. from Second Samuel and Psalms. Um, David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. Okay, so Zion is the city of David. Psalm 78, he rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. And Judah um, was established in Jerusalem. So Zion is from the, in, according to where the tribe of Judah uh, got established. And, uh, Isaiah, and that's Zion. And that's Zion. That's not. It says so. <laughs> and as Isaiah 2.3 says, for out of Zion shall go the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Zion and Jerusalem are the same. They're synonymous. Okay? It's the city of David. They're all synonymous. It's a biblical Mm -hmm. word. It's a biblical place. But Mormonism deceitfully steals biblical concepts and applies them to themselves. And they don't even believe the Bible is fully trustworthy. None of it it makes any sense the way they use all these things. Zion's a place of geographical locations. It is not the pure in heart. They redefined they put so many <laughs> new new definitions oh, on yeah. some of these words. It's terrible linguistically and historically. It's a place. It is not for the pure. It is not being pure in heart. They they've redefined the word Zion, the word virgin, and, um, and we thought the word we gospel. had to establish it so mm-hmm. Jesus could come back. And if we didn't get it right, then he couldn't come back. Right, right. And, uh, but Zion was established over three thousand years ago, and God says it will not be moved. And he's powerful. He's omnipotent. Wow. He can do that. So it wasn't moved. It hasn't been moved. It will not be moved. It remains the same. And uh, again, they totally ignore the teachings in the Bible, but they use it for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. We have a quote from Acts chapter 15 about what does purify our hearts. Okay, uh, verses 8 and 9. God who knows the heart shows that he accepts them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Oh! He purified their hearts by faith, not by Zion, not by polygamy, not by the all red polygamy crew. Yeah. You know, he purified their hearts by faith. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the biblical truth, the biblical gospel, the yeah. biblical Jesus that purifies our hearts. So Zion is a city. It is not a state of our heart. Now, the next quote is typical of mishandling and misquoting biblical scriptures. Christ was known before the world was as the Word of God, because He didn't just teach it, He did it. And when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and He knelt and faced the heavens, and He, kn- and he knew the crucifixion that was to come upon Him, and that it would be agonizing beyond mortal ability to bear, He said, Father, I come unto Thee, and I want to stand on Your right hand, and I did, or as I did before the world was. Make me one with thee again. Cause this cup to pass from me, if it is thy will. But nevertheless, thy will and not mine be done. Jesus did not say all those things in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. 
already has twisted. And this is just an example for you to know how he twists and misquotes Jesus's actual prayer. You can go to the Bible. It's in all four Gospels of his time in Gethsemane. Check it out for yourself. Um, because he totally misquoted what Jesus said in the garden. Next, Allred talks about the formation of the Mormon church uh, at its very beginning. Now, you need to sit down for this one. This very much shows uh, what progressive revelation means to the Mormon faith. The saints had the fullness of the gospel, but they didn't have a presidency of the church. They didn't have a quorum of the twelve apostles. They didn't have any knowledge of the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood. They didn't have the building of the temples, and they didn't have salvation for the dead. They didn't know anything about celestial or plural marriage. In 1834, they received a revelation that said, Thou shalt have but one wife, and thou shalt cleave unto her and unto her alone. Here's the fullness of the gospel that they had in 1830. So the fullness of the gospel in 1844 was much different from the fullness of the gospel in 1830. And what is the fullness of the gospel? It is the sum and total of all those revelations by God through his prophets to man in that day in which they live. <laughs> We've wow. got another word redefined. <laughs> Fullness is redefined by and by all of Mormonism. They use words that, and then they apply different meanings to it. Of course, that deceives the person who's listening to it. So, at the beginning of Mormonism, they they claim to have had the fullness of the gospel. Then, by definition, they added to it. Mm-hmm. It's not by definition the fullness. <laughs> Yeah, they use that word lightly. (laughs) By definition, fullness means there's no more room. It's complete. It's done. There's no more. And and I love that, that Jesus is the fullness. Jesus is the fullness of the gospel. Jesus Uh, alone is the fullness of the gospel. He fulfilled the law. He is the good news. Um, Now, he said that in the early years of Mormonism, they didn't have uh, Melchizedek priesthood or salvation for the dead, which is baptism of the dead. They didn't have the temple buildings or the plural marriage, that it all came in increments. Yet each additional increment they called the fullness. But you can take heart because the early Christian church never had all those things either. (laughs) They they had Jesus and they had his teachings and that's all that we need. Baptism by the dead for the dead, by the way, is necromancy, which is God has forbidden. There was always only one temple, and right. God never condoned or instructed more than one, and it could only be built in Jerusalem. So we are out of time. <laughs> there, there's always more to talk about, and there's more in this book to go through, which we will do in some future programs. Uh, but we, uh, we, we'll just invite you, check it out, check out some of the things that you've been taught, and see where their basis is, and find the truth, because it is in the Bible, and it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Appreciate you coming and My sharing pleasure. this with us, and we'll do more of this in the future. <laughs> You know, Jesus himself is the fullness of the gospel, not Mormonism. It's impossible to add anything to something that's already perfect. And Jesus is the way to the Father. He is not the way pointer. He's not the way shower. He is the way. In a sense, we have to climb upon his back and he will take us there. There's no other way to get there. 
Polygamy groups and the Mormon church claim they are the way to heaven. They have supplanted Jesus and put themselves in the position of mediator. They claim to show the way. They explain the way, and you must follow them and their commandments to get there. But they make Jesus into a liar by their own false claims. Just claiming something doesn't make it true. Jesus proved his claims are true, so why not just release all the burdens of your religion, climb on the back of Jesus? But when you climb on his back, you have to leave everything else behind. He knows the way to heaven, and he alone can take us there. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.